Hey, were you jamming out over there to your intro song? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's really starting. It's funny because I was listening to it and I was like, man, like we really haven't switched this song since the beginning. But then like now, I feel like now it's getting to the point where it's like synonymous with, with Jump Street, you know? So it is. It's like, Shout out to, I think Demigod is the guy's name who we got the intro track from. So shout out to Demigod for providing us with the track, even though it wasn't for Jump Street. But I reached out to him and he was like, yeah, you can use it for your podcast. And and that was it. So shout out to cool. that guy. I think he's linked in the Great. description, actually, if anyone wants to go check him out of every episode. Dang, cool. So, I mean, he made he, he, he made that. That's cool. That works yeah. for us, you know? Yeah, hell yeah. So, but what's up? That. What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. How are you doing today, Billy? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Uh, good morning to everyone who's joining us from the West Coast. Good uh, afternoon to everyone on the East and everyone who, who was able to make it out in Europe. Good evening. So uh, thank you for joining us today on this very special episode. We've been trying to get this guy on our podcast for probably like 100 episodes. I think. <laughs> um, Literally, yeah. Yeah, and he's he's such a busy guy, and he's you know he's he stays moving, and and uh, so we can never really connect in the right times, and we have like a kind of particular schedule where where we do our podcast in like a small window, mm-hmm. so we never were able to get him on the podcast, but we finally got him on now, so I'm very excited to talk to him. Um, I remember watch first seeing his skating like 15 years ago, and just being like something is different about this guy. He he came off like. As, as I've stated on this show many times, like one of my uh, earliest, biggest influences in my life was in skating was Dustin, not my life, in skating was Dustin Latimer. Um, and I, I remember first seeing Matthew Ledoux and I was I just remember he had that like same kind of approach to, to skating where he kind of didn't like stick in the here's my SAT word I learned from Colin in the pedagogical uh, <laughs> bound, boundaries that we have created in our sport. He, he never really applied or stayed within those lines. So I was always yeah. fascinated by his skating. I'm very excited to have him on the podcast and um, I'm looking forward to it. But before we get into it, I would like to do my little spiel as I have done over 136 times if you count the channel 11s. But please, if you don't follow us already, please follow us on all of our social media platforms. We have a Facebook. You give us a like. We have an Instagram. You can follow us. We have a YouTube. You can hit the subscribe button and the notification bell so you get alerted when we have an episode. These subscriptions really uh, help us get like boosted to the algorithm. You know, you could leave a comment. You could do whatever. All these interactions really help boost our podcast to the front of the thing. Um, we also have an iTunes. If you like what you're hearing, you can give us a five-star rating. You can give us a review. It provides the same function. It just helps boost our thing up in there. Get blading up on top. Get, get it a little higher. You know what I mean? Climb the ladder. It'd be nice for blading to do that. So mm-hmm. um, if you want to do that, that would be very helpful for us. And we are also, uh, we have a Patreon. You could be a Patreon for as low as $3 a month. When you become a patron, you have access to exclusive content. We do section commentaries with our guests. We just did one with uh, Colin Kelso. We got one at the end of this episode with Matthew Ledeau. We do three-piece. We do inside-outs, uh, trick tips. I got to say we've been slacking on that a little bit. Um, I've been trying to get out this week and, and, and get some stuff done, but I haven't been able – like I've been having some bad skate days. So I'm going to try to get out there today. I'm going to try to get out there today and tomorrow and do some inside outs. Let us know in the description or in the comments if there's anything that you particularly would like to see on an inside out. And that could give us some direction of uh, what we might be able to provide. And yeah, that's it. So we really appreciate everyone coming to watch this episode, joining us in the live episodes, watching when we're not live, liking all this stuff. It's helpful. So thank you. And that is my spiel for today. 
Good spiel, Billy. I'll get on to my spiel with thanking the sponsor of this episode, and it is Blank. Everybody be sure to check out that 2023 Blank Team Skate in very unique pigeon blue colorway. I don't really think it's blue. I say more of like a purpley gray, but either way, still really cool and really unique. Uh, the Team Skate is a minimalist, streamlined skate where all the team riders have some input to make something that is timeless and features all the best components right out of the box. Uh, some of the features are 60 millimeter hydrogen wheels with twin cam bearings, a direct mount one piece sole plate, uh, to provide a strong connection from the frame directly to the shell and a premium v2 memory foam liner and footbed that work together to provide optimal stability and comfort like the sean keen pro model skate the team skate is available in individual size shells to provide high performance fit and the perfect skate feel so pretty much if you're like a size 8 is a size 8 shell a size 9 size 9 shell and so on uh, the skate's available now worldwide for only 2.99 us whatever it is in euros pounds yen do the math. I'm sorry. I don't have all that for you, but, but really good price point for a complete high quality skate like this. So go check out blankrollingproducts.com to learn more or give them a follow on Instagram at blankrollingproducts. Be sure to check out that 2023 blank team skate. And thank you for sponsoring this episode. That was, wow, my, that was my spiel. Whoa, that was a good spiel. And you know, I got to say, I like how you brought the other currencies into the mix. That was cool. That was thoughtful. I didn't have, emo- I didn't have emojis for these uh, currencies <laughs> like I do with the, the jump supplements video. But yes, yeah. uh, and we for- I, I fucked up last week and I forgot the WTF. Nobody in the chat reminded me. I'm blaming it on everyone in the chat. You all should have reminded us that we skipped the WTF, but I don't want to overlook it this time. So the WTF this week. Is uh, it's a collaboration actually from Rob Scallon and Tree, brought to us by Patreon supporter Jonathan Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, your reaction to this was the best when you first saw it. <laughs> Everything about this clip is gold. Like, look at like the determination on Rob's face when he starts skating. <laughs> like he's so in the zone, and then Tree is just chilling. <laughs> yeah, Tree Tree's face, I think, to me is what like makes it. He's like, "Oh, what's going on, guys? Oh, you're just gonna soul grind my arm? Okay." And it's the first time I've ever seen anybody grind a body part before. So yeah, I love this one. A lot of um, a lot of humor in this as well. Yeah, I, I think this this clip deserves like an Oscar or something <laughs> like that. This clip deserves an award. This is freaking hilarious. I, I really like this one. And I'm a big fan of both guys. So <laughs> yeah, huge definitely. shout out to, to Rob, who we've we've had on the podcast. And huge shout out to Tree Tree, who we should have we, on the we podcast. We are going to have so on the podcast. We it'd be definitely great to have, have him to. on the podcast. We got we got to check with him. But um, he's one of the most fascinating skaters out there, too, man. He does, like, some of the hardest tricks on some of, like, the worst skates. I'm sorry. Yeah, he, he does. Yeah, that's so, just that's um, just the way he, he is though and um yeah. yeah we definitely want tree on if you want tree on the show let us know in the chat as well but i was gonna say whose idea was that but i'm pretty sure it's obvious that it was tree's idea <laughs> yeah it, i i don't I, I think if you're gonna offer so, to you don't ask someone if you can grind their arm you offer it <laughs> yeah exactly you, you know what i mean you don't say hey dude do you mind if i grind your arm it's kind of like intrusive like you say hey dude <laughs> grind my arm <laughs> But, awesome. But congrats to Rob and Tree for that WTF. Uh, is that everything, Billy? I think so. Chat, is that everything? Are you going to remind me if I forgot something? I hope so. Okay, Austin, you got to start taking responsibility. Chat, <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to do anything. You're fine. Just enjoy, chat. I know the uh, chat's not going to hold back. That's why I go to the chat. Good. Go to the chat, man. The, the chat keeps it real. 
And they yeah, do they, keep yeah, it real. They, they let us know when we sound like shit. You might as well let us know when I miss something part of the show. <laughs> checks and balances, you know, checks and balances with the chat. So huge shout out. Everyone in the chat, thank you as always. Everyone in our audience, we're so happy to have you joining us. But now we got, uh, I was corrected in the chat already, uh, Matthew Ledoux. I was saying Ledoux, so it's Ledoux. Sorry about that. And maybe he will correct me once again uh, if, if I'm not saying it correctly. But very excited to have him on. Uh, please, everyone, give a warm Jump Street welcome in the chat. We can't hear you, but cheer at your chair in front of your computer or in front of your phone. Clap, you know. But we're gonna we're gonna have Matthew Ledoux come on. I have a, a special intro for Matt for this guest. So okay, I hope we don't get blocked for this, but it doesn't matter. We get a dollar from each episode monetization anyway. But everyone, welcome Matt Ledoux. <laughs> that might make oh, more man. sense to people later on in the show, possibly. But yeah, what's up, Matt? Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, guys. I'm really happy to be here. It's an honor, really. I like the show, and it's nice to be on the other side of the of Not, it for this time. Nice. I hope you enjoyed our little intro thing for you. <laughs> Switch it up. <laughs> it's very very personal for you. <laughs> and uh, what the, and the WTF of the week was pretty funny too. I wonder if you waxed his his arm before a bit. <laughs> I was gonna say yeah. that if you waxed it, if you iced it up a little bit. <laughs> Trees aren't yeah, mine to slide so well. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for joining us. It's it's been a it's been a, like I said to, with in the beginning of the episode. It's been like uh, a, I think around a hundred episodes. We've been back and forth communicating, trying to get you on this show, and we finally have you on. So thank you very much for joining us. Um, I was first exposed to your skating. I, I was before this episode. I was really digging in trying to find the name of this video, but I couldn't. I was first exposed to your skating in like this Canadian video from like 15 years ago, you had the ender part in the video and um, th there was, it was just like a, such a fantastic section. Uh, I, again, I can't think of the name of this particular video. If you could help me in the chat, but you've been around in skating for a very long time. Do, can you think of it? Do you know? Yeah, I think it's appetite for a destructure. <laughs> That's definitely it. That's definitely, yeah. it's the destructure video. It was yeah. the destructure yeah. video. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, that was the first time I was introduced to your skating, uh, through time. Like we, we met like, uh, through SSM, through other things. And I would always hear about like your tales and your stories of stunt work and all these uh, exciting things that you were doing out off your blades as well as on your blades. I'm looking forward to getting into all of these things, but, um, since you're, uh, this is your first time on the show, I'm kind of wanting to dig into like your origins with skating and how you mm -hmm. got started. You've obviously been around for a long time. So could you uh, give us a little insight into like the beginning of how you started skating, your first video, first influences, like the scene in Canada, just like kind of that area? Yeah, of course. I mean, like probably most of the Canadian guys, I started with hockey here. Um, so that's how I learned how to skate first. And then <clears throat> I must have been 11. I saw the movie uh, Prayers of the Roller Boys. And, I was, and I, was, I was hooked. I saw a guy with his trench coat jumping down two stairs or something and that was it and, and one of my friend had some ultra wheels and uh and i tried to try them on and jumping over a hockey stick and try these 180s and some 360s and i was hooked um and then eventually started skating not knowing that there was a scene or anything and jumping down a few stairs and higher stairs and doing 180s and some weird daffy grabs or whatever and eventually, there was a crew in my hometown that was skating too, what I, I, I didn't know. 
and when I met them, one of them uh, had the video, the bottom line. <laughs> and, oh, wow. And man, when I saw this video, I was tripping. And I borrowed the video for a weekend and I must have almost damaged the tape because I was looking at it so many times. And then I discovered, you know, grinds and proper grabs. And and after that, 18 days and all of those videos after I got to see. And so that was my beginning. Um, that's how I got into it. I was about to say that, that that's pretty early. Like bottom line is like even like, um, you know, some, me and some of my friend groups, like I, like we consider ourselves like older skaters, old school skaters. And like our first videos were like, you know, maybe hoax two or like a VG four or five bottom line for those who don't know was like the literally like i think maybe like that's like 95 94 it's like well the, the the first i think video from like video groove was like dare to air right and then and then the bottom line and then after that the vg series started so like video groove vg2 vg3 etc yeah. so th so this is like one of the first skate videos 95 like, i just looked it up yeah, yeah early legitimately yeah and yeah. so and, and so in that, I would imagine that there's not many skaters around the scene, like, um, and you were probably one of the first guys in your area to, by the way, where are you from Montreal? Where are you from? I'm from an hour east of Montreal, a small town oh. called Drummondville, okay. but Montreal area, basically. Okay. Yeah. But, 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 but like that, I'm saying like, there must have not been too many people, uh, in the scene at this time or. Well, it's. In our hometown in Dronville, there was like a huge crew. And it's like a funny thing, you know, you would think this little town out of nowhere, French speaking town, but it was like a, a legit crew. And some of them still skating today, actually. Um, Pete and Dan Miller um, is from Dronville, is one of the owner of Orange Will. Uh, so they, we had a big crew there. And now Rob has been living in Dronville, Rob G. <laughs> And he's been hanging out with all of my old friends who used to skate back in the day. So it's amazing to uh, see and witness Rob just spending time with my early age homies who used to skate. And all they're all getting back into it a little bit. So it's been very nice to, to be in that. Actually, today, we're all going to go skate together later on. Um, so, yeah, there was a big crew. And one of the guys had a bit more money back then. So his parents would always buy the new videos when they would come out. So we would all get to his place and start the session there. And he had a box in his in his uh, driveway. Um, so it was an amazing time. I mean, the, the scene was so big. And then we would go to Montreal together and meet other people from different scenes in Montreal and whatnot. And so, yeah. It was a... Uh... I know that Rob was staying with you now. I was hoping he'd do a little cameo, but he said he's out skating now. How's it been with, with Rob staying with you over there? I know he's been there before, obviously, too, but he's there, he's in there for like a few months now, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, and he wants to spend, actually, he's going to spend the whole winter here. He wanted to experience a Canadian winter from the beginning oh. to the end. <laughs> so, but he's not living with me, actually. He's living, I'm half an hour town. I live out in the country, in the woods. <laughs> and oh, okay. uh, he lives in town with Pete, one of our my good friend who skates, Pete Byrne. Um, so, uh, but it's been very nice. I go as much as I can, and when I go to town, I hook up with him. And we had a beautiful wizard session together the other day, and had a great time. You know, Ooh. Rob is a dear, dear brother of mine. So, 
we can share on many levels and many things. And so it's pretty, it's nice. Um, <clears throat> so you have been messing with the wizard skating, both of you guys doing the wizard? Uh, I did. I was more me for now. Um, Rob is just getting into it and he wants to. Mm-hmm. But I've been at it. I've been actually waking up at 5.30 in the morning and I go skate as the sunrise. And for the last two weeks, like two hours every morning, I'm hooked, man. <laughs> and I've been having a break from work a little bit, so I have more time. And there's that nice ring, which doesn't have ice yet. It's like a hockey ring. A perfect, flat, concrete spot. And I put on, I put on some music and I have like two hour session. I get drenched in sweat and man, it's so fun. <laughs> and I texted Leon the other day because... I had tears in my eyes, you know? It's like I haven't felt that skating for a long time. Um, so it's been amazing, actually, playing with the Wizards. Yeah. Damn, you do two hours a day on Wizards? <laughs> yeah. I, Tuesday, I went to the gym in the morning with my wife. Then I had a two-hour session Wizard. Came here, had some food. And I went out to Montreal and I had a three-hour regular anti-rocker skate session, which, <laughs> <laughs> which felt very weird at first to go from two weeks on the Wizard to an anti-rocker setup inside, which is super slippery, right? Um, I had to adjust for like half an hour. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I'm surprised you skate anti-rocker also. The way you skate, it's so ninja-y. I feel like a, a flat rocker setup would, would suit you well. But... I see you posted the other day that you had the Wizards on and you didn't post any clips. You just posted like the Wizard skate. Up. I'm like, damn, that was like such a tease because I wanted to see you actually skating. If you, yeah, especially if you're skating I'm, two hours a day. Yeah, I'm waiting until it's ready to, to, to show what I've been doing with them. Damn. <laughs> but man, you know, I never realized how hard it is actually watching Leon and Colin and Stuart and even um, the other Colin Kelso, even if he says that he doesn't, you know, uh, he's really good at it as with the clip, the reel they posted on basement mm-hmm. to, to my perception, of course. And, uh, yeah, I never realized how, how good those guys, these guys are with that. And so playing around at first, I felt like a retard. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm, now I'm understanding more. And I, when I'm seeing videos, I understand what they're doing and, I have my own style, of course, and my own approach to it. You know, some people like to spin a lot. Uh, for me, spinning too much is not my thing. Um, but yeah, they're really fun. Yeah, everyone has their own style of skating alone, let alone when you put the wizard skates on, you have your own style that you add into that too. And everyone just has their own little mix of what they do. I'm very curious. I've seen you skate wizards before. I feel like you had a wizard edit like a long time ago. But I, I just the new stuff now, whatever you're working on, if you are working on anything, to see more recent wizard stuff with some parkour influences. And uh, that that's going to be really interesting to see also. Mm. I can't wait for that. Yeah, I, I was I was gonna actually what Austin touched on. I was gonna I was gonna mention and dig into. Um, <clears throat> so, it seems like you're a lot of like even from the early days, like a lot of your influence inside rollerblading came from outside rollerblading. I think the one of the more obvious places to point to would be probably like the parkour or free running that people do. Is it was definitely like a part of the mix, but. Um, where did that come from like that this approach to skating because especially like in rollerblading from the bottom line days like it was it was a very structured 
uh, way of how to and how not to rollerblade. <laughs> and I feel and I feel like you you pushed back on that from like very early days when I didn't see many people doing that. Like I like I, I always attribute like Dustin Ladmers being one of those guys who opened my eyes to what's possible on blades. But you were doing that as early as Dustin, maybe even earlier to my knowledge. I don't know. But where did that come from? And, and how did that approach uh, start to integrate into your skating? Yeah, <clears throat> well, at one point, at first, I was just doing the regular skating, you know, just doing as everybody else, which is totally fine. Um, and eventually, I worked for the, the Cirque du Soleil for a few months. And mm. on the show, we had to do some parkour. And then they brought in the Yamakasi guys who some of the founders of this discipline. Um, and we got to train with them. Uh, and learn the depth and the, the basics and, and so much about parkour, the culture and the philosophy. And I fell in love with parkour. The, they call it the art of movement. Um, and eventually I got more into parkour than skating. I kind of stopped skating for a while and I was 100% just parkour training. Uh, and I was doing stunts. So it was a good combination for me to bring that into my stunt career. And it was getting more popular. So I was getting job from stunts from my parkour skills so it was just a perfect timing and eventually when i got inspired to skate again well naturally my body was just i feel like doing a, a kong i got my skates on i don't care i'm gonna do it anyway and then i realized quickly how i could especially in the street obviously um some obstacles would be perfect or you know to incorporate these moves. Uh, but I don't try to do parkour when I'm skating all the time. It's not like I'm at the park and I have to do some Kong all the time. Or, mm. uh, right. but, but if I film street and there's a perfect obstacles or a line that could allow me to do something and put something there, I might, you know, just because it's fun. And... Mm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I remember even like from, from one of our earlier meetings, I remember like, because you mentioned stunts there and like part of your stunt career. Um, I, I remember meeting you um, years ago and then hearing that you had, to our intro introduction, you had been in 300, the movie, and you had al were also doing stunts in, in movies. <clears throat> and I remember thinking, wow, like he, he, that's a guy who found like his talent in rollerblading and was able to like turn that into like a career, turn that into money. Um, along the way, like in speaking to, I learned that uh, a lot of it has to do with a, a lot of discipline that you have in terms of how you care for your body, your health. So w was that always like an important factor for you in, in skating? Like take, like, like you said, the, 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 the parkour is like a high movement thing. Like it's, it's the, it's the, like the art of movement. And I feel like you really embrace that in, in your skating and you can like, you need that, you need your body to be able to be up to the task. So I'm just curious, like how that all is a part of your life and how that became part of it. You mean taking care of my body? Yeah, like taking uh, care of your body, yeah. getting in, getting into like uh, stunts, being able to like transition from like skating to like making a stunt career, and like how that all like integrates and plays with one another. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I got into stunts. Actually, it goes way back in high school. We had a, a the teacher asked us ten things we want to do later on in life, from the first to ten, like the most prioritize that you would love to do and then you know and my first one was 
to be a stuntman. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I had no clue how to get there and there's no schools and there's no, so how do you go about that? But that was my first one on the list. So when I, and then the second one was like firefighter or something and then so on. Boring stuff. Uh, yeah. So but <laughs> not necessarily, I mean, if you would love to do whatever. But, well, compared to a stuntman. Stuntman. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I give my paper to the teacher and he's like, stuntman? No, you, you can't choose that in in college or you need to choose something from, and I said, hold on, you, you asked me what I wanted to do, not what I, I wanted to study, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, ah, okay. Um, and then eventually I just followed what I love to do, which was skating, obviously. And there was a, a Hollywood, an American movie that came to shoot in Montreal called Rollerball with uh, mm. Edel Cool oh, yeah. J and Chris Klein and they're getting pulled by a motorcycle on the eight figure ring with the steel yep. ball, mm -hmm. right? So they had um, additions at the local skate park in Montreal and they, I went there, did very good and I haven't heard from them. And then I called my buddy and like, so oh, I don't think I'm going to work on this movie so we can actually shoot our skate video this year. And he said, well, no, I just dropped John Bling uh, there and uh, they hired me on the spot. And like, really? Because I was a bit better than him or more suited for that job, I guess. So I'm like, yeah. okay, fuck it. I'm just going to show up there. So I showed up and I got the job and I got on my first actual movie. Um, and then I met some stuntmen that was, you know, career guys and became friends with them and eventually started training different ways, martial arts. And then, and I got into the stunt world. Uh, I just need to cut that up. Yeah. So, so you weren't Sorry, like guys. actual stunt man for that. You just rollerbladed or you did stunt training for that. And uh, that just I led just, into it. At first it was just rollerblading, but eventually when the stunt coordinator noticed that I had a, like a calling to become a stuntman. He actually took me from some real stunts. So they, you know, picked me up with cables and I got hit by a motorcycle and flew on my back. And <laughs> so you were a natural. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had no clue what was happening. You know, it's like, okay, this cable, we're going to it, attach it to your leg, which you have a harness, right? Obviously, but okay. And then the motorcycle will come and I was just learning English too. So everything at the same time was a lot for me. And, uh, Okay, three, two, one, action. Okay, I'm just skating and the motorcycle hits me and I had no clue how my body would react in the air and ended up just on my back perfectly uh, without breath, obviously, from the impact. But <laughs> So it was quite an experience for me to be there at 18, turning 19. Um, first movie, learning English. I broke up with my first girlfriend. I met a makeup artist. She was 30. I was 19. She was from Hollywood. <laughs> So I learned a lot during that movie on, in many ways. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we had a break, a two-week break, and I went to California for the first time to skate. And I don't know if you guys remember the line, the three rails at Irvine, the sweat stands, then the alley-oop topsoil in the back royale, back-to-back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was during that trip. Uh, that was during our break, shooting rollerball. Um, I'm, I'm speaking a lot of different things now but uh okay let's go back to your question no 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 no, <laughs> yeah, okay. no, no it's it's okay because i, I feel okay. like my question was kind of broad um 
But so, yeah, I think that's kind of what I was curious about. I was curious, like your introduction to, into stunts, because along the way, I feel like a lot of bladers feel like that's something that is like suited for them. I know for a while, like I was like, man, I would love to do stunt work. You know what I mean? Like being that and then hearing that you were able to do it and from yeah. such a young age, like I didn't know you had started at 18 and yeah. I could see that like getting in there, meeting people, getting in the industry. It seems like you got into martial arts from the career. Is that correct? Or was did you do martial arts from before that? I did boxing before that. Okay. I was, uh, yeah, I did boxing for a few years, but when I got into stunts, I got really serious about it. So I started training wushu, which is a art of kung fu, I guess. Uh, some kickboxing, some Kali, some Muay Thai. I really got into it, and then gymnastic, parkour, free running, and I was pretty disciplined about it, actually. I think I'm cutting. So my career was my whole life at one point. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Austin. No, no I was going to say that you're, you seem like a natural at it. I don't know if that came from all this training. Like the way your body moves when you skate, at least, it's you seem like a natural at it. And I know that a lot of, um, well, when you're a stuntman, you have to know how to like fall and all, and all this stuff. And I feel like that's such a big part of skating is knowing how to fall. It's probably just as important as knowing how to do the tricks themselves. Did one come after the other? Did they go like hand in hand? Did like you learn how to fall from like being a stuntman and you translated that to skating and it, and it helped you in a lot of ways? Because it's so hard to teach people how to uh -huh. fall, I think, without actually just busting your ass all the time. Yeah, I think one of the key to become a good blader is to learn how to fall or miss, how to miss properly without hurting yourself. Uh, exactly. But, you know, once I got into stunts, I was like, oh, I can actually wear pads underneath my clothing or sometimes we use mats. So for me, it's like, oh, I've been falling in stairs and on run rails and <laughs> in the streets. <laughs> so falling was a natural thing uh, or crashing was a natural thing for me. It was just a matter of make it look like you're actually hurting yourself. Then, you know, the acting part of it uh, is a different thing because we don't think about those things. But if you fall on camera for a movie, you have to make it look like it hurts. Uh, so you did some acting and some techniques to do do yeah which which we know how to do too because we've been hurt skating yeah. so we know how to we, we know how to act hurt because we acted hurt when we've been hurt so that's <laughs> i can see that being helpful you were like you guys wear pads when you do this shit ah uh, you <laughs> pussies all of you i've been falling downstairs my whole life no pads <laughs> yeah. that's funny yeah. yeah um so so tell me about, um, if you don't mind, your, you said you went to California for the first time. And that's when you, you obviously, it was for work, but you brought your, your inline. What, no, you said this was a break from work, right? Where you went? I, yeah, actually, it wasn't, it wasn't for work. It was uh, a skate trip with uh, okay. Felix from Destructure from, and Thomas, who did five months. I don't know if you guys remember five months. Uh, it was a Canadian video who my good friend Thomas produced and filmed. So it was my first official skate trip to California. And it was, we had a two weeks break from shooting the movie. And uh, so when I left, I had Christmas here with my with my mother, who I you know grew up with. And and, uh, and then I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm off to California to, for 10 days. And it was I was like, uh, man, I was so hyped seeing all those spots. And the concrete in California, the floor is so nice compared to Quebec. <laughs> you know, from winters. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, so for me, it was like skating a skate park in street everywhere I was going. And it was an amazing trip. And then 
Um, I don't know. Let's okay. Let's go into that a bit um, since I talking about myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, before I left, my mom uh, shared that she wanted to break up with her boyfriend, and obviously I wanted to be here to support her. So I went to California, and uh, when I came back, I had a call from from my dad. Two calls from him, two messages, which for me it was special because I wasn't close to my dad at that point. And it was like, hey, uh, son, we need to talk. Call me back. And like, oh, cool. My dad wants to hang out and make things, you know, good again between us. But then when I got this second message, I had a, a weird feeling. So he said, you know, I'm coming right away. So he came to my apartment. I had a little apartment near Montreal at that time. And uh, when he arrived, I looked at him and I knew everything. And he, I just said, it's my mom. And he said, yeah. And I said, whoa, okay, she passed. And he said, yeah. And then like, oh, okay, he, he killed her. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Coming back from my first gay trip, I come back to Montreal and here it is. My mom just got murdered by her uh, boyfriend, right? 19 years old. <laughs> And I had to go back on the movie a few days after to finish the, the shooting. So that was a that was a quite a a deep deep moment, you know, in my life. And it shakes it shakes you up in many ways and wakes you up in many ways. Uh, and I just felt like sharing this here because I know, you know, as human, we go through some some stuff, and I think it's relevant to my story. <laughs> Wow. You know, it's yeah. it's crazy. I, I I never knew that about you. Like you you hear like tragedies through rollerblading like secondhand often. This one I I'm just hearing right now. I've never like yeah. that's. First of all, I'm sorry. That, yeah, I'm that, sorry to hear that too. That's that a wild story in, in life, and and I'm sure it was like a. You know that experience has contributed to who you are as a as a person after everything you've had you've had to go through. Yeah. And, um. I don't want to dig too deep on it, but I, I, I think, um, can you stop her please? Thank you. Um, <laughs> um I don't, I, I, I my, my dog is going nuts. Um, yeah, yeah, I, know. Uh, I don't want to dig too deep on it, but, um, you said you still had to like go to work and stuff. And th this is something I've actually like, um, I've lost both of my parents as well, not in such tragic circumstances, but it's, it's difficult when you have these losses of, of family or, or friends that you're close to. And then like, there's something that yet you have to do regarding work and you have to like compartmentalize it. So like, yeah. uh, like I said, I, I don't want to, I don't want to dig too deep and, and thank you for offering and sharing because I know it's not easy to share, but um, what, what was, what was your head like in that space where you had to like go mm -hmm. and, and do something else and kind of put that to the side? Yeah. Well, I had a good base, you know, my parents both loved me when I was a child, so I didn't have any major trauma to deal with already. Um, so going back to work was fine. And like you said, you kind of consciously or unconsciously put it aside and just do what you have to do. And, you know, it's not like you're thinking about that all the time. But obviously, I knew the week after when I went back home, now I had to, to sit with that. Hold on, the light is in there to sit with that, integrate the whole thing, a first movie, uh, different girlfriend, the death of my mom. So I couldn't sleep for a few, almost three years I had problems to sleep, So, which was affecting my skating too. Uh, 
but like you said it made me part of it was a big part of who i am today and it shakes you up so deeply in your core like that it kinds of yeah it, it brings up deep questions when those things happen and if you follow these questions you get some answers you know and those answers free you in some ways and make you a more a more compassionate and whole human being i don't say that i'm whole or compassionate but you know <laughs> they can they can help you to to for, they can facilitate that you know um but yeah it, it was it was uh, the integration part when i went back home was was a uh, it was a deep one yeah <laughs> yeah wow i i mean I, I, I can only draw from, I, I've never experienced something like that. Uh, I, I, I've, as humans, we've all experienced some degree of loss and others. So yeah. uh, I, I, I think I, I know what you mean. And like um, where, when you go through something like that, it, it does, you do ask those deeper questions and you are kind of searching. And, and when you do, and you are awake to things that you really didn't have to think about before or like, and you, you're, you, 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 when you do look, ask those questions, you do certainly find some, some answers and stuff like that. So, and, and actually like, and, and, and again, I'm like, I'm really, I'm, I'm sorry that that happened and thank you for it's sharing. All good. It's all good. Um, but, uh, you can tell, it actually makes sense. Like part of that, that like I'm speaking to you now, because as, as I've always, as I've spoken to you, even from back on the roof in Oakland years ago, mm. um, I just always felt like you've been like a solid minded person, like very centered mm -hmm. and, 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 and it kind of, it kind of makes, it makes a lot of sense now. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know how to move on from this one. I'm going <laughs> to try to, I'm going to try to pivot back, bring it back to skating, but feel free to talk about whatever you want to talk about. And I'm not trying to, yeah, yeah I'm no, not no, trying no, to like, let, let, let's go. Yeah. Let's move on. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, you, so you, during this time, wow, you're skating, you're, you're, tr you're trying to cope. Well, I, I think we could talk about, so what, what was your relationship like with skating after this time? Were you like questioning wanting to be a skater? Was it something you were still wanting to pursue? Like what was your thing there? Yeah, well, um, first, for the first time in my life, I had some money aside from working on the movie. Uh, so I had time to skate. So I got a small apartment in Drummondville and just skated full time and trained until I ran out of money <laughs> and they're like, okay, how do I get into stunts? Like really get into it. You know, that was my first show. And so I actually took a trip to Toronto where the stunt coordinator, sorry, who uh, I worked with on rollerball lived and his sons, Braden and Riley were actually fans of my skating. So that was like a doorway open for me, you know, like a nice, yeah very nice and they were super nice too like a loving family and and i was stressed and a bit you know shy to actually go there and my english wasn't what it is like today even though obviously it's not perfect still but uh so i drove there they took me in their house and i moved to toronto for a few years trying to get into stunts and it took a few months and i was really i was like 15 grand under like no money no not even money for gas and i was renting a room in toronto like a starving artist almost yeah exactly and eventually i got a gig on tarzan and jane and that <laughs> nice. covered all of my in four days i covered all of my death and 
give me a inspiration boots and like a boost and eventually i went broke again and then i was working in a chicken factory like a slaughterhouse because i had to take the first job available somehow and i didn't have any money to eat so i got that job and uh a week after that Cirque du Soleil called me and i ended up working for the Cirque du Soleil uh, testing some stuff uh for the show in vegas the love show and it was all related to rollerblade again so we had that was crazy we had big winch super fast winch so i would start i have my hands like this here so i would start <laughs> <laughs> this is holding the end all for the winch right the, 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 the rope <laughs> i would start very close from the jump like a big launch jump <laughs> let go of the thing wow. just like in skiing street and then do some flips on the jump and uh so we did some testing like that uh and eventually i got on the creating creation part of the show the Beatles show for vegas and they after the four months which i didn't skate once during those four months i was doing some ropes some ladder tricks some other stuff and they offered me a contract to vegas for three years and i had the pen in my hand it was like 75 grand the first year and and i was in debt you know i had no money whatsoever and i had the pen in my hand i was like man i want to do stunts i don't want to vegas and so i put the pen down uh, and i took all of my courage and i look at the producers she was super nice and i said listen i'm really grateful for this opportunity opportunity i'm thankful but i want to do stunts uh, and i had nothing in front of me right and but two weeks after i was on 300 the movie yeah. So, so blessing in disguise, kind of epic that one, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Damn, yeah. At, at, at all movies too, at all job opportunities that come after putting that pen down to get a oh. a movie like that is is insane. And I know, I think, I don't know if we watched Three Hundred together at my place in Arizona, but I feel like we watched the DVD or parts of the DVD together um, back in the day. But was that like? I'm not gonna say like the highlight of your career because your career is still going on, whatever. But I feel like that's one of the bigger jobs you ever had, right? Oh, it was or the more highlight. fun, and it oh, was you, the highlight you, so far. It was the highlight, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it is as cool as everyone thinks it is. And this movie was incredible to work on. So, not there were so many things about that. First, I was on with one of my best friends, Stefan Julian, who is also a good skater who you might have seen. Uh, he's been part of the scene here since the beginning as well. And we lived together in near Montreal and we both got on the movie because there was auditions. And so first thing I get in this movie, got on this movie with my best buddy. We've been training together. So just that was like, whoa, okay, let's do this. And then we had a month or two months maybe of training with um, some professional from LA. The guys actually who did the double for Neo in the Matrix, Chad Stahelski. Which he's oh, the dang. director of the John Wick franchise. Mm. Okay. So learning with these guys, training with these guys, whole day, every day, five days a week, uh, and physical training from uh, Jim Jones, which is uh, Mark Twight, like an incredible uh, professional trainer, uh, and uh, fed. You know, we had special food every three hours, and it was like a full-on regiment of stunt training so it was amazing 20 stunt guys every day five days a week for a month or two and then we got on to shoot the movie 
Um, so I learned a lot on that show and made some good connections all from Toronto and Vancouver. And it's really the movie that actually got my career going. Uh, and then there was a, there's a tourist stunt award, which is like a Oscar for stunts. Uh, and two of the Montreal guys got a tourist. There's a group of 10 of us in the whole movie and me and my best buddy Stefan at that time we both got one so nice. I got a big like tourist on toward and my uh, wife's parents basement uh, so it, it was just epic you know just a perfect perfect thing in my life at that time and I'm so grateful for that opportunity and I met some amazing stuntmen who I still friend to this day with them and so um, I, I, yeah. I, I got a confession to make. Um, so when I when I first heard you were on 300 uh, and then I met you, I was like, what? How is that even possible? <laughs> because uh, the guys on like 300, I thought they were like huge, like <laughs> huge guys, like, you know? And like, you've always been jacked and fit, but like you weren't like really like big, like, you know what I mean? Like you're like, yeah. we're like the same height, I think, you know? Like we're like, um, so I just thought they were like huge, like six foot six <laughs> dudes. Like, you know, I'm like, how is that even possible? But then I was like, oh yeah, it makes sense. Like you're shredded, right? Like, do you know what I mean? But I was the I, smallest I, dude there. Were yeah, you? that makes sense. That the makes sense. The youngest and the smartest. <laughs> that makes sense. And also, you know, I did the Spartans just a few times and I was more in the background and, you know, um, I actually doubled Leonidas once because I was small and when he fights against the big, big dude, we kind of made the camera anyway mm. um but i'm one of the guys who falls in the pit at the beginning you know those messengers when they fall in the yeah. pit I'm, I'm one of those oh, guys wow. and then leonidas the kings breaks out and start killing everyone he throws his spears wah, to a to a guy and i'm the one getting the spears in my chest and i go wah, i go back like this and so i've been doing many other things than just spartans which makes sense because i'm smaller right hey sheila mm -hmm. who's here Hey, Sheila. <laughs> Maybe my cat will join in too later on. Say hi. Um, yeah, weren't you like the first guy to get hit too during like the first battle or yeah, something actually, like that? And you, yeah. I remember you told me that and instantly I was like, that is your face. You know, like the first guy that got hit, he went, ah, and pulled the spear out of his arm or, or chest or something like that. And yeah. you told me that and I was like, yep, that is you. That's like your face right there. So that is super cool to have under your belt to have you know, be a part of 300. And the fact that you did so many different parts of it too, you weren't just like one person. It makes it that much better how dynamic your role actually was. Yeah, it was, it was just amazing. Was that the best shape, physical shape you've been in ever? I'm in pretty good shape now, actually. I think I'm in the best shape. Oh, it's nice. Like now that I ever been I'm not as muscular because I don't have to, uh, but shape wise, like mobility wise and how my body feels. And I feel very good right now. That's that's good to hear that you're getting older too. I saw like I remember years after that I saw Gerard Butler, and he was like fat and like fell off. I'm like, oh, this guy was like strictly just for the movie, and that really played that role yeah. well, you know. I was like, did yeah. everyone else do that? <laughs> uh, some of the stunt guys, yeah, you know, at first not everyone was happy about the intense physical training we have to we had to endure, but I loved it and I was giving my hundred percent. I remember a night we uh, end up filming, we wrapped at like one or two in the morning and me and my two buddies had a training sessions after that in the gym and the coordinators 
came by like what are you guys are doing like, go home you guys are crazy uh, i loved it i loved it you were hooked yeah <laughs> that's cool yeah yeah 300 man i first of all i feel like i have to i have to watch it now i was actually making i made a 300 reference the other day it's such a good movie and that's that's cool yeah. that you were able to be like a part of it and have like such like scenes that you could point out because like a lot of the times in like these things you can't really identify but you have such like uh clear defined scenes that you were part of that's really cool um you were saying that it's uh it was like kind of a kickoff to your career or something that kind of boosted your career in mm -hmm. the stunt world so yeah. what what was to follow thereafter how, how did that op end up opening doors for you well most of the crew were from toronto as well and i got along really good with them so i i kind of moved to toronto and um, I guess I did a good impression on that movie and after that I was getting hired for many things and eventually uh, I was doubling some some leads on shows on TV shows um, and I, my career just went wow and it was actually me at one point that decided to stop and pursue not pursue but I had different callings in my life which was also a scary move because you know yeah. I remember one day going to work. Um, that was after working six months on a show, doubling the lead, which when, when you double the lead on an action show, you work every day. You're part of the creation of the fight rehearsal. And so you're always involved. And eventually, and then I got on Total Recall. Uh, and then after that, I got, I was doubling the lead on Transporter. And halfway during the show, I was Whoa, well, hang on, hang on. On the Transporter? Yeah, the TV, the TV show. Oh, sick! Yeah. That's so cool. Cool. Yeah. And uh, one day, driving to work, I was in traffic, and I looked at my left, and there was people in their car. <laughs> and then I looked to my <laughs> right, and, and then I look in the mirror, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, what am I doing? Like, is this is it? This is the pinnacle, the 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 pinnacle." You know, the pinnacle, thank you very much. Yeah, this is the pinnacle of a human existence. Like, no way, there's something way more deeper. And I got scared to miss out on, I guess, knowing myself on deeper levels. Um, and I went to work, I hit my head that day. And then I went home and I went to walk in the park and then I started crying and I was crying. Like, what's going on here? And I had to stop, I had to call it a day. So the next day I went to work and I made sure I had someone to replace me, not to put no one in, you know, at the hotspot. And I quit that day and it was half halfway show. And that was a very scary decision because, you know, you don't do that. Quit a show when you're doubling the lead and you're, um, how you say that in English? You're, uh, how people think of you, like your... Uh, uh, perception? No, position. Reputation? Your, yeah, thank you. Reputation. Your reputation. Yeah, your name, basically. What people are going to say. And But I had to do it. So I quit, went home, and booked a trip to Peru and started to to, going to meditation retreats and just, you know, wanted to experience. I, have, I had a different calling, uh, inner calling, let's say. Uh, but it was very scary at first because my mind was like, are you crazy? You worked so hard for this career and you're going to just throw it all away and what people are going to think and all of that. But at one point, it's like, hey, I don't care. This is this is what's calling me. You know, I never hold back even for, you know, that time with the Cirque du Soleil. 
and now I'm going to listen to that. And as scary as it was, I did, and I'm today, you know, I'm so grateful I did. But uh, yeah, and then I, after the whole inner journey, now I can go back to work again in stunts and have a bunch of fun. And that's uh, yeah. cool. It's like what you're saying. I'm actually able to relate to a lot in my own life because I feel like you have like these crossroads in life where it's like the the smart safe decision that like you should make and then there's like what is speaking to you in your heart like what your gut is saying like what your passions are saying and it can be scary but I, but I, but I, but I agree with you I feel like if there's not when once you start feeling like that there's not much of a choice it's either like acceptance or denial of what's already occurring but mm. um but but I I think uh I, I I definitely like uh, admire your your courage in these situations because I've definitely like it seems like once you make the decision you 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 don't take any time to waste you just you make the decision boom that's and and on to the next thing like you said you had this feeling and then you you quit that day right yeah I did it was very scary looking very spontaneous back, you know, it was very spontaneous but after walking in the park by myself and crying like crying like very deep crying like whoa okay like i have to listen to that um yeah and then when i told my boss he was very cool about it he said you know matthew before being your boss i'm your friend go home you know do that's what you cool. need to do yeah very cool that's um, homie stuff yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and that helped me you know just to feel at ease with my decision and so i went home and my wife was really happy and inspired by my decision and we booked a trip to South America. We stayed for a few months, and then I started to, like I said, doing some a lot of meditation retreats and doing some self inquiry and look at myself in different lands and deeper lands. And I think where I'm cutting. You know? I mean, to, to be honest, it, it seems like that something deep in your psyche. Like I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a disclaimer. I'm not a psychologist. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but. Um, it just seems like something deep in your in your psyche, like you said, from what you had experienced um, in your youth with with your mom, and then you're just like it seemed like you were very busy after that, and you just stayed incredibly busy, and maybe didn't have the time to like address some of those f feelings, thoughts, look at yourself, like without because I know what it's like, you know, I, it's I think a lot of people in New York can relate. You're just you're just so busy all the time that yeah. you don't got to take a second to stop and look in the mirror and be like, what the, what the hell am I even doing? Like, what's next? Mm. Like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. And like yeah. to, ha to make the time to ask those questions and especially yeah. like when there's been trauma endured and stuff like that. So um, yeah. how was that? How was that experience for you? Was it was it something that was what, what you thought it would be? Was it fulfilling? Did was that time that you took like it sounds like it was important? And yeah, I mean, it shifted my life in many ways and I'm so grateful that I listened to that calling, you know, everything got enhanced. Although not that I wasn't happy or my relationship was all good. Everything was all good in my life. Uh, but now it's just more richer. Everything is deeper, you know, when, uh, yeah, when I had the chance to access deeper, you know, part of myself, everything gets deeper all my relationships and, everything get enhanced basically and so it was amazing and i learned to play because when my mom died she was playing music and i got her guitar which was just collecting dust for like 10 years and when i went to peru during the things we were doing over there 
there was music and then i heard that kind of music like oh my gosh and i came home and i looked at the guitars like yeah of course and i picked up the guitar and been playing you know almost every day since and writing some songs and so it really shifts my life in many ways um and also part of what we do today my wife and i here you know we do some meditation retreats and breathing techniques that we offer to people so yeah my life has shifted in many ways but i'm still me i'm still the old matthew loving to skate and grabbing and making some fun maneuvers on plastic boots you know (laughs) (laughs) Um, i just don't take myself as serious as i i used to do when i was younger question because you you mentioned you mentioned movement a few times and this is just a personal uh, do you know uh ido portales mm-hmm. i figured you would you would know him he's a b- big guy on movement like mm-hmm. in what way yeah what do you mean he's just like a movement kind of guy like just, he's a moving guy what does that mean? Hard, yeah, how, how would yeah. you just des- how would you describe this person matthew he's yeah he's one of the best moving coach in the world um he he went deep into movement in many different traditions and approach to movements. Uh, and I think he's he's coming more now into from a hard place a bit more, I think, too. Like I said earlier, like I don't think myself as seriously as I was when I was younger, and I think he also is moving into this. I haven't folded him for a long time, but mm-hmm. back in the day, I was finding him a bit uh, too serious or too like into his own persona or whatnot not 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 mm-hmm. the judgment against him like he's amazing yeah i find that today seems like more soft more playful and more wise i would say right? yeah that makes sense i i, I didn't want to go off on, on on a tangent there but it, it, it makes sense when you when you get like certain fame you can start acting differently and it, it's, yeah. it's it that makes sense um yeah. i was gonna ask because uh, we, we've gone into a couple of things we talked about um your stunts and i want to get back into how you came back into stunts from Peru in a second. But throughout all of this, uh, was there ever like a part of you that was like, um, obviously like blading becomes more and less important in your life, but it's always there. It seems like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. w- w- was there ever a point where you're like feeling like disconnected from blading or was that passion like always just a part of you because it's been there from so- such an early age? Yeah, that's a very good question. It's always been there. Always. Uh, even when I was not doing it, when I was I was more into parkour or even skiing. I got into skiing a lot at one point. Sorry, but it was always there, um, just waiting the right moment to come back and mm-hmm. poke me. You know, hey, <laughs> and and I don't know. Lately, with the state of the state of the community and skating and how it is now somehow my heart is just on fire again about about skating and the community and it's been so amazing to witness the growth and how more wise the community feels and more welcoming and and positive and and beautiful so but it's always been there even though i came in and out because you know when i was working six months on a show there was no questions for me to go out and you know get a broken hand or something skating it wouldn't make sense for me because my career is so important um but eventually i've kind of find the balance again and uh, i can do both 
Yeah, that, 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 that's something. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Austin. No, I'm go sorry, ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. If, if I can, <laughs> thank you. Um, but it, it, that, that, that's something I've always like uh, noticed when people start to take on like careers and their careers more seriously. And uh, like, you know, an injury from skating could be a threat to the career because a person works with their hands or they work with their body and they mm-hmm. don't want to risk those things. You kind of start to see a little bit of a distance. But I, I just feel like it's always been such a big part of who you are that like I, I just I just didn't really see that that space because like I know like I was talking to to, to to Bellino about it and I think there's a thing in blading where it's like I never quit. I I never quit. I was here the whole time. But I don't I don't know if it I think it's good to maybe stop or do it less sometimes because you get to have a new perspective when you come back and in like a new appreciation for it. Um so I think I think that those that those times where you're less intense with skating can can be helpful. But 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 I I can relate because I've always felt like I've even when I've taken breaks, I've always felt like at the core to be just always a blader. It's always there. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. And that's like in anything, right? In everything, I mean. I went to Brazil that long time ago for three months by myself, and my wife stayed here. And and obviously, I wasn't skating. I was deep in the jungle in the Amazon, and um being away or taking a retreat outside the world or outside skating or outside things that we do on a regular basis can bring so much gratitude and so much, you know, when you come back and when you miss it and when you realize all the blessings that you have at home or so taking time out of skating can be so healthy. I find, you know, especially if we're so entangled and identified with skating, you know, our self, is so built up by the image of a skater, this and that, and because we become so identified with the whole thing that we get caught up, and then it's not the same thing anymore. It's like, and then we can step back again, and oh man, I can just enjoy skating and not really care about to not 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 care, but not you know you know what I mean, not care in the same way. Yeah, not get, not get like caught up or concerned and like you know, yeah. I, I know i know exactly what you mean like to truly just enjoy it and not care about like all the other back end stuff exactly yeah. which means to care too is just a different caring you need like a reason to do that too kind of i'm trying to think of like put myself in that, that situation too like I, I i find it hard for me to like force myself to stop skating take a step back for like even a month or something like that and, and not skate to have like a fresher view on it i guess it's it's hard to Unless you have an excuse to do so, to put yourself in that position, I feel like. But but I'm sure Austin, like there are times when like unless you're, you're injured or something, maybe you know. No, I'm sure, I'm sure there's times when like you just get too busy with work and you're like, or too much going on. You're like, holy, I haven't skated in yeah. two weeks. I haven't skated in three. Like yeah, yeah. E- even even like those little things like that. When you come back, you're like, ah, oh, so nice to be on. You get like that different appreciation. Yeah, yeah. Versus like skating every day, you're like, oh, I'm sore, my back hurts, uh, like I'm having struggling with this trick. Like mm-hmm. even just those little breaks, like, and then you come back and you're like, oh yeah, just like being on wheels is fun. Great, this is awesome. Like I'm happy yeah. to be on wheels. Yeah. I always feel like there's a like grace period because when I skate a lot, a lot, it does get me to that point too somehow. Like say for example, if I skate one day, two day, three days in a row. After that, you're kind of like, oh, a little worn out, whatever. But for whatever reason, say I have the time to do so, and I'll skate like five, six days in a row without even noticing. On those five, six days, I'm like, 
I could go forever like this. Like, this is amazing, incredible. Like, I feel like there's a threshold to push, at least for me anyway. And it's Billy's like, no, no way. I need a, no, I need a break. I, 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 can't I feel skate that two way. Days in a row. I can't skate two well, days in a row. As I was saying, two or three days in a row is kind of tough. But I feel like once you get past that point, I've been numerous times in the last like year or two during the summer when it's nice. I have like a break from work when I don't even notice that I'm skating five, six, seven days in a row. And I'm like, wait a minute. I didn't even notice that I was skating this many days. And my body feels great. I feel great. I'm having fun skating still. But you don't really get that feeling from two, three days in a row. And that's like, there's a weird opposite, completely opposite scenario, but getting the same feeling out of it. I don't know if I'm the only one who does that. <laughs> I think you are, to be honest. I got to be honest. I'm the only one over are. 18. I'm the only one over 18 that feels like that. <laughs> you're, a re- you're a real deal skate nerd, but we love you. <laughs> Five days in a row, bro. I don't know how you do that, man. I'll, I'll be you, sore. you used to do it all the time back in the day. Yeah, when I was a teenager. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good point. Maybe I'll try it again this week. We'll do the we'll do the Austin skate challenge five days in a row. <laughs> I we'll definitely bring that don't want my own. <laughs> <laughs> Can you do that shit, Matt? I feel like you're physically. You said you're in the best physical shape ever. Do you feel like you can do shit like that? Like skate every single day. It depends. He does every day. Kind of, right, five thirty yeah, in the morning. What, well, wizard skating, kind of, yeah, I guess. What kind of skating, right? Like wizard is no impact, and I take my time with it, and I just enjoy. Sometimes I um, lean against the the hockey thing like the bound in French yeah, yeah yeah and I just take the sun in a little bit and okay I'm trying this trick <laughs> again but if I go filming street and f- trying to film which I did for the orange video that's coming out eventually I have a most of full street section coming up it's I wouldn't do that five days in a row my buddy would allow <laughs> <laughs> yeah completely different but the wizard skating is I don't know about for you but when I really get into wizard skating it hurts too, but just in a different way. Like my knees different hurt, from like different muscles, different, my uh-huh. feet hurt, my knees hurt. So I can only do that for so long also. But I guess once you get in the rhythm of it, your body's used to it, it's, it's fine and it is low impact. So I guess it does feel better, but p- people underestimate that type of shit. Yeah, wizard skating is, it's tough. It's hard. It's frustrating. It, it's, it's a whole different learning oh, experience. Man. I feel like you don't know how to skate. When I, when I started wizard skating, I'm not good at it now, but like when I first started the movements, I was like, I felt like I never skated a day in my life before. It's a whole different thing, and it's it's tough. It's tough on your body too. Yeah, yeah, my calves are still sore. <laughs> exactly, it's different muscles, and people yeah. don't notice that. They think it's like it's soft if you're doing this like flat land stuff, but it's it's not at all. It's a whole different whole different way of skating. Yeah. Respect um, to the guys who've been doing it. You know, definitely. Like I said earlier, it looks very it looks very easy because they're good at it. You realize when you do it, oh my gosh, okay, I get it now. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah um, it, it makes it makes sense uh, that that product's coming from Canada because, like, I feel like we've always, as we acknowledged a few times on the show before, a lot of the Canadian skaters broke out of some of those like uh, traditional ways of skating, and I, it's it, I think one of the earliest guys I, I can attribute is is you to who brought that energy, and then obviously like the mushroom guys, Joey and Todd, their impact in blading, Danny Beer, you know, you, you go down the list and. Uh, I'm really excited to hear that you're working on a part with Orange, and that's that's exciting to to hear. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, I, I feel like we went off on a little bit of a tangent, but I, I want to pull it back to quickly to you uh, going to Peru and, and and then coming back. Well, one, I know you're really close with with Rob G, um, and I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you had an influence on on him going to Peru. So um, that might that must have been like especially everything that you'd gone through in, in your own life, like to 
see what had happened with with Rob G and be like, yeah. what the heck is going? That's like a crazy situation, huh? Yeah, that was that was intense in many ways. I mean, I first met Rob years ago and he came to Canada to my place and I said, yeah, come on. I think he talked about that on the, the other podcast he did. Um, and then he started going on his own to Peru and getting close to the people that I was close to. And so the whole, it was amazing. But eventually he went to a different retreat. Um, so, and when that happened, I was recording with my friend who's a music producer and I got a call from a, a friend in Peru. It's like, hey, do you know what's happened to Rob? I'm like, uh, well, I know he's just doing like a month solo retreat kind of thing. It's like, no, he he got shot in the head. So I was like, oh, man. And then when you hear that, geez, that's it, you know, lights out. Yeah, you don't I... think he's going to make it or he's going to make it complete uh, or healthy. So I sat down and I kind of, yeah, just connected with him, you know, and prayed and, and I mean, she had talked to his girlfriend and he was, I heard he was still alive and all of that. So yeah, it was, it was a, it was quite a process, um, but a healthy one, like it was all good. And eventually I went to visit him in California and he was starting to to walk again. And I, I noticed that he was going to be okay. And, uh, and then I went to Peru with him again and we got to skate and together. And obviously now I knew he was going to be fine. And, uh, and then he came here, stayed at my house last year, two months. Uh, and then I left to Brazil and he stayed here with my wife for a month and just did some log work and stuff. And yeah, Rob has been a very close brother of mine. Uh, but it was quite a process. And I didn't felt responsible because I was the one who, you know, opened the door for him. Not opened the door, but inspired him to go to Peru. Uh, uh, but of course, you know, it's like, man, what a story in, in the context and how it happens. Like, oh, man. Well, yeah. Uh, like, I just feel like um, both of you two are such powerful energies. Like when I'm around you guys, um, Rob has that glow inside. You have like the mm -hmm. same thing, like whether, just kind of like. Yeah, it's it's but it's I, I love that 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 you guys are like brothers in this like blade game. I always see like Rob G make a post like blade brothers of the cloth or whatever like things Rob G says. Um, but it's 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 cool to like know that like uh, you guys have that relationship and like also like he's up there with you and, and, and through all this and you guys are able to, you know, in blading, like it creates deep, deep friendships. But it's cool when you can take those friendships like to other uh areas like you know like uh, uh some friends i'll skate with and, and play music with and then you could also like kind of yeah. have a different experience with that friend and it seems like you have many of these things with rob that like can cross over yeah i mean we both went to vancouver together to do the breathwork training facilitator like the training uh program and we had an amazing time there and like we have many things in common played music together many times and he has a we have a similar sense of humor. So sometimes, man, like a goofy sense of humor, like very, uh, yeah. Uh, so sometimes we can just go off of things that normal people like, what's wrong with them? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then we can have very deep conversation about, 
the self and God and like who can go into these deep, deep conversations and then fart and laugh, you know, at the same time. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Always got to have that too in a relationship. I, I yeah. feel like your brotherhood shows in that, um, in your last edit, the desert, um, the one you went to Arizona and Rob was there, you guys skated together. You had like a little voiceover at the end of how like nice it was to see Rob skating again after all the shit that he's been through and to see you both skating again. That was probably one of the first times that he was out in like the public, I mean, skating, I think at, at one point. So it, it was really cool to see that too. And you could tell your relationship in that video, it stands out a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That trip was amazing. I was scared to go skate street again <laughs> after all these years. And I had this idea like for the VOD and, and then in my mind, it's like, am I, is my video right guys? Am I cutting? I mean, your video is like glitchy, but your audio is still coming out. Okay, cool. Cause I see myself glitching. I want to make sure and my voice, my voice. Okay. <laughs> you sound good to us. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was scared to go skate street because truthfully the only time i skated street in the last 20 years or 15 years is the time i filmed for a section because i was so busy with my career so i haven't skated street much in my late for the last 20 years or so so i when i had the thought of doing a vod it's like really like it, there was doubts in my mind can i pull it off like am i strong enough mentally to go street skate like street skating again and do i really want this and eventually it's all turned out perfectly and i reached out to rob and my friend pat from here one of my good friends and uh we rented a house with jonas in arizona it was just perfect we had a blast uh, it was fun yeah, I remember that. Uh, I, I was like, I was hanging in around or, or, or chatting with Rob right around that time. And I remember you were going out to film the VOD and you came out great, by the way. And I just like, uh, yeah, like I, I want to quickly in, in a bit, not now, but we're going to, we got a few more questions. We're going to open it up if that's okay to the audience in a, in a, in a little bit, but I, I still got some things I want to dig into. Like, so we talked about like your non-pedagogical approach to skating. I, obviously, I have to use this word. I learn a word. I have to use it all the time. Um, <laughs> but like you're you're, you're kind of like outside of the box approach to skating, and like that is highlighted a lot in that uh, Arizona thing. Was there ever like coming from like this way of skating where uh, there are like certain lines within? Was was what, like was there ever like a a limiting principle for you or were you just like oh i can do all of this and, and introduce it to skating like what where was it like where you bring your hands and like you're using like your body like you use your hands and like you sit on something i saw like on on uh, the 90 seconds you did with uh yeah, yeah, with yeah even yeah. like even the grinds like the back row were like close and the and the backside were it's like non-traditional ways of of doing these tricks so i like how do you how do you know what like is it just based off feeling like oh this this is cool or like how do you experiment in that way yeah, very good question. It has for me. It has to feel right, and I I have like a mental image. <clears throat> if I see a trick or a spot, I'll have like a mental vision of how this could look like or feel like, and if I'm able to get to that or close enough, then I'm gonna run with it. Um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. And at first, um, when I went to Arizona for the first time, when James and Shout out to James Johnson, Revolution, and uh, John Jenkins and Awald. And, uh, but when I went there for the 90-second edit, 
it was kind of the first time that I was really going in the States and making something with people that were new, known in, in the game. And I had doubts, of course, like, uh, I didn't know how this would be received or, you know, whatnot. And, but I guess I was matured enough and in, in, in myself that I didn't care too much. You know, I just felt right for me and that was it. And then I remember one night we had a premiere of my 90 seconds in Arizona and there was a whole crew there and everyone was super like, yeah, this is awesome. And, and it was amazing, you know, for me to witness and to have that kind of response to it. Uh, it felt, it felt, you know, very hard, uh, how you say that? Encouraging. Like, yeah, yeah. Encouraging. Yeah. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. So, uh, and then I just thought, okay, I can do that. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is, this is an avenue. This is where I can express myself without, uh, feeling too much, uh, judge or anything. And then of course there was different opinions about my skating back then like i had messages like hate hate messages like oh you should no. ki- wow oh yeah like you should kill yourself and what? Like, oh yeah man. <laughs> how would anybody say that to anybody about skating and people that were known too like some of them were known and part of some crews that you guys know that i won't mention because oh. tell us after the show <laughs> no, punch, no, like I don't hold anything against anyone who had those opinions because they're just opinions. They come in your mind and some people take them as important and their own and they feel they have to spit it out, which is fine. But at the end of the day, it means nothing about what I do, what I am and what I enjoy, you know, so, uh, yeah. It, Man, that, it's, it's, go ahead, Austin. I was going to say just at that time it was like 2010-ish. 2011 maybe something like that when you if you're talking about the 92nd revolution edit and that yeah. skating is a lot more open now it's it's went to so many different directions that any type of different skating is pretty much acceptable and people will take it as like encouragement to try to influence their own skating and try something new or something different at that time i feel like it was harder for someone to do that and you went like all out and people could do something different maybe some people would think it was corny or something like that but the way you initiate everything that you do is picture perfect and it's hard to hate on anybody when they're doing something no matter how different it is when they're owning the shit out of it and that's like exactly what you showed in that particular mm-hmm. edit yeah and it was in the era of roller news right so oh yeah anything could go b-mag message <laughs> boards sense. and shit that makes yeah. sense. it all makes sense now yeah yeah and yeah you know, I th- yeah no i'm sorry go ahead no no i mean Back in the day, I'm like, okay, tell me that in my face when I see you. See how those martial arts work. You learn a thing at two on three hundred, some Leonidas. No, no, no. Yeah. Listen, oh, my boy no. been boxing. He's been training <laughs> in martial arts. He was in three hundred. Do not play with my boy. I'm telling you, it's not going to work out. I'm, I'm but, not like that. No, I can't. No, I, I know you're not. I know you're not. But if someone crossed the line, you would take care of business. I feel like that's true too. Well, I wouldn't let anyone hurt myself. You know. Mm. Exactly. I exactly. Hurt anyone just because they have different opinions or beliefs, right? So, you're capable. You're capable. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so I, I think um, it, I, I can agree because I remember like that. That I feel like that was like the beginning of when people were able to like let the darker side of their humanity show on the internet, like anonymously. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it's like it was like a new feature of the internet where like, oh, I could like be the meanest, nastiest version of myself for like a laugh for any reaction and uh you would see that um and and that's kind of why why i asked it because um 
I know that like blading could have this like very strict at, uh, guidelines to adhere to. And you were definitely experimenting uh, very much so like back in the day. And you see that experimenting happening more now. I think it's more encouraged now. Um, you know, you see like Colin and, and the, and the basement guys kind of bringing like a lot of these ideas from the mushroom blading guys and making it more acceptable. Oh shit. Basement represent. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, but, but like I said, I feel like you really were a, like a, one of the pioneers of kind of introducing a lot of these new ideas. And, and when you, when you, when you take ideas, like, you know, some land, some don't yeah. like it, it's all part of experimenting. Right. And uh, you definitely have the courage to do that at that, in that stage of skating. I, I, I find it to be weird that people were like sending you messages like that were that upset. I mean, I feel like those are more personal problems of individuals to say, go kill yourself and things of mm. that level. But um, yeah. I think it's, it was really important and really cool to see like you, you introduce those ideas and have the courage to do so, especially in, in that time, because it brought a lot of great skating and it brought like a lot of cool ideas. Mm. Thank you guys. Yeah. I mean, and also Dustin was starting to, you know, even at the same time or before, introducing that in his own way which mm -hmm. if and latimer does it then shut up you know it's okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly you gotta go tell you can't him say anything about him man you can't say anything <laughs> <laughs> exactly. i like that that should be a good shirt idea if dustin latimer did it shut up <laughs> <laughs> we, no, we're, no, we're talking no. about like... everyone has the right to your own opinion i don't want to shut up anyone you know exactly and and, and a word about that i think it's worth to mention um I was sharing that with a few friends here. Going back to what happened with my mom and the guy who killed her, which I loved because I was close to him and I knew he was suffering, but not to that extent. Otherwise I would kind of be more aware or more present or, you know, um, so someone telling someone to kill himself because he doesn't skate the way you believe he should skate that, that hate you have towards someone else ultimately exist only in your own mind you're the one with that hate and that hate of course is in your body it's in your whole being and then but you believe that it, it, this hate is uh, justified because you have an opinion about something but at the end of the day you're the one caught with this or caught up with this hate in your own system in your own self so uh, i can only have compassion for for that you know which we all have our own opinions and we all have our things and and to to yeah to remind myself of that when people just spit out some hate from how they are feeling you know themselves in the first place mm -hmm. that's that's, a, that's a really that's a really good point and, and and that's kind of what i was like alluding to earlier like when someone says go kill yourself it's more like their issue with themselves yeah. that they have yeah. that they yeah. is unresolved and it's 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 normally even though it's, a lot of this stuff is directed at particular individuals it's like it's coming from the person like and having those issues because i remember the reason why i know because i remember being that person like you know what i mean i i, I remember being like uh not like telling people to go kill. i mean maybe i did maybe i did tell people <laughs> but I, I i don't know but I, I used to be like a you know nasty like we in new york we like make fun of each other a lot like just the culture but i feel like in, in some levels, like a lot of your own resentment can come out until you make yourself good. And then you realize like, oh, like you don't need to kind of do that to be heard or to do these other things. And um, yeah. so I, I, I think it's good to look at things like that and like in like a way where you we could learn from it or, or, or get something and not take it personal and, and, and see it for what it is, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. The hate builds character on yourself too, if you could take the hate too and being understanding 
and mature enough to understand where people are coming from too. be like, you probably didn't really mean that. You shouldn't have said that, but you probably don't really mean that. Um, yeah, especially if you're sure of yourself. I mean, yeah, exactly. If someone's like, you look so weird with that blue beard. <laughs> I'm like, I know that I have a blue beard, so I'm not going to react to that. But if I have doubts that I might have a blue beard, that maybe <laughs> it'll push myself to look at the mirror a bit more and realize, oh, no, it's just white a little bit here, but there's no blue. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, do you have a blue beard? <laughs> Uh, That's funny. Uh, I, I wanted to ask something about, I don't know if I ever asked any other Canadian skaters that we've had on the show before, but why would you say Canadian skaters are so good? Because, oh, hockey man. Roots. Hockey roots has something to do with I it. Mean, I feel I like mean, that definitely has something to do with it. But besides just being a good skater, like we were just talking about it, Canadians, I guess... I know there's like some comedy thing that, that Joey said on the show, like you guys have a certain sense of humor, but like you guys take it in so many different directions with the wizard skating, with the parkour stuff. You don't really see that originating from any other part of the world in skating. And you guys aren't scared to like to involve it into your skating and, and show the world something new. Obviously you guys are really good on your feet, which is probably from hockey, but I don't know if there's something else that an actual Canadian would say of why Canadian skaters are so good. I have no answer to that. <laughs> I mean, besides hockey, which when you look at hockey player, they can skate like crazy, right? Mm. Quick turns and blah, 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 blah. And maybe jokes aside, maybe from walking on icy uh, roads all the time and have to be with them skating. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I, have, I have no explanation. That, that might be part of it too, actually. I didn't think about that. We do that in New York too, you know, with the icy streets. Everyone's, oh, yeah, yeah, everyone's walking, right. like inching around, like very cautious on their feet. I used to say that actually about uh, the B&E skate park back in the day, Billy. I know you remember how slippery the skate park used to be. It was like skating on ice. It was always the slipperiest floor. But we used to kill it in that park. And we, I remember being like, that was part of the reason why a lot of us got so good at skating because we used to train on this slippery ass skate park and then we would take it to like another skate park and just be that much better than we used to be you know um that's a funny that you mentioned that though matt <laughs> yeah i have no answer to that <laughs> okay okay um i i i think i think it's it would make sense that hockey is probably relating to something like that. And like a lot of people in like the, in, in Minnesota, there's like strong skating routes there and the strong hockey scene. And you see like a lot of those things are relating and, and that makes sense. Um, we have some people lining up questions. Yeah. Um, before we get to those questions, um, I just want to touch, I know I'm kind of dragging it back to the beginning of the episode. Um, and this might be a little mundane, but, but I'm actually curious. Um, so you said you, you quit the stunt thing. You went to Peru. You did that. Did you find it difficult to when it when it came time to come back to work and get back into that? Was it difficult to come back or did it kind of like end up working out like how it did in the past? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Like I said, there was a time where I had a hard time being in the movies business environment. Not because it's wrong or anything, it's just for myself, it was things I had to look at. And, and then when I came back from Peru, to answer your question, actually, um, I didn't went back to work right away. It was like a natural process. And eventually I could be like right now, or eventually I could be on set, on a movie set, and just feel as I feel when I'm sitting here meditating almost. Uh, 
and I can actually really enjoy it because I still love doing, you know, I've been working on video games lately, uh, which is super fun, very physical work because uh, there's no setting the camera. It's set and then you go all day. You do your shot list and then boom, 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 boom. But it's also very creative and very physical and it's super fun. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it was a natural process as I was integrating myself more and being becoming more uh, comfortable, like really at peace in, in my own heart. Then being going back to work that was kind of carried that got carried out there too which was amazing because at first some of my peers was like what's going on with matthew you know is he is he losing it is going to peru and he's doing that and meditating he's searching for himself he's lost or something which i never felt lost actually but um but today i can have like super nice conversation with them and they're some of them are opening up to me like when they go through some stuff and hey Matthew what do you think about that and uh, how did you deal with that because I'm dealing with this and so it's like a full circle you know um yeah I don't know if that answers the questions but I think it does yeah <laughs> yeah no that ma that makes sense that makes sense um and and is that I, I know you say you have a, a retreat now where you like in you and your wife where People, can, they don't have to go to Peru if they want to focus on their meditation and their breathing and learn these kind of things. You keep it more local. But are you still doing stunt work in this time or? Yeah. Yeah. Like last Thursday when you asked me if I, you know, can join the, the podcast and I was busy at work, I was working a video game. So doing some motion capture. A video game. Oh, that's what you meant. That's what you meant by video game. I didn't. I didn't understand yeah. what you meant. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what you mean. What do you mean? You're working for some motion capture of video game. I think you you had the balls on your body and you. Yeah, were like moving, the movement. Right? You mean? I have the balls in my sacky. You mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. So you have your suit with little little balls actually, which reflect light. Yeah. And there's like over 50 or more cameras around the studio, and they capture your movement. So. So yeah, so I've been working, doing some motion captures for some video games. So we do either cinematic or we do actual gameplay, uh, which can be super physical because in gameplay, when you have your controller and you go forward, your guy goes forward. But if you run, he runs. And if you stop, you stop. So when you do that kind of work all day, just doing, um, I'm losing the term, uh, Oh, man, where is it? Plyometrics, uh, calisthenics, like kind of. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, that, that's for sure. Um, okay. It's going to come back to me. But anyway, you have a long shot of list, list shot you have to go through. 45 running angle, 45 left, backwards, crouching. Uh, all of that has to be done for in order for your character in your video game, you know? So it yeah. can be very challenging some days, but very rewarding. You come home super tired and a key and then the next day i go to the gym and stretch okay i'm good let's go do some wizard <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what game you're you're working on right now and i don't play video games but i feel like if i played a video game and i saw the character moving around a certain way i'd be like matthew was the person this was based off of like the way you move i, I feel like it would stand out so much uh, yeah i'm looking forward <laughs> to see those games i've been working on and some of them are really big names that i can't mention right now because i was gonna say like if you could yeah top secret but yeah, it's been very fun. That's cool. You work on a lot of uh, your job seems awesome. You work on a lot of really interesting projects and a lot of high profile ones too. It's really cool what you do. 
yeah, I've been very fortunate, very blessed. And I never sold myself, you know, in ways I always work with people that I like to work with. And I never was in it for the money or anything. It's just something I really enjoyed doing. And now I'm working with some friends, actually Thomas, who did five months. He's now our stunt coordinator and I often work for him or with him. Uh, and at one point, John Bling was also doing some stunts, which was so fun to work with him and his his nice. sense of humor and i have so much fun with him on set and now i don't think he does it much anyways but yeah awesome he's a bit he's a he's a, he's such a fascinating character himself man if you ever see him tell him i would love to get him on on the podcast a couple of people he, requested in the chat before john Blaine yeah, podcast he would, be very, he would be very interesting for sure he has many stories well, that guy is one of a kind. The day I met him, yeah. he almost knocked me out. <laughs> he was so yeah. violent back in the day. <laughs> but yeah, I remember but shout out John Bling. Yeah. I was with uh, Hakeem, uh, Hakeem from uh, Create Original, right? Jamal, yeah. Yep. Jamal, yep. yeah. And uh, we were in, uh, mostly in Canadian, in Detroit. Was it? No, in Halifax. It was a show in Halifax. And it was some skateboarder guy who talked shit on the other side of a big fence. There were like 15 of, of them. And John Blings jumped over the fence by himself, landed in front of the first guy and slapped him very hard. And no one like no one did anything. The 15 guys just stayed silent. Yeah. Just Dude, he's a like scary that. guy. <laughs> I don't know this John Bling guy. I don't know. I got I to gotta know who you guys are talking about. I guess we'll get him on the show. I'll learn then. Hopefully, Do you he know doesn't... Jonathan Bergeron? Oh, that's why you call him John Bling? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. we definitely got to get him on the show then. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We definitely gotta oh, do oh, we definitely got to get him on the show. We definitely got to get him on the show. There's Billy got his last question. I want to get my last thing. And I, I don't know if it's much of a question as like an, an observation, whatever. But you have one, at least in the skate world, one well-known parkour trick. And it's we know it because Shima did the gap in Montreal, you know, the one at the IMYTA at the stadium. And then... It was around the same time that the clip surfaced of you running across it, like a, a parkour one. I actually have the clip to pull up here. But was this before or after Shima did the gap? Because it, I remember after. this circling around. It was after? Okay. Were you like inspired yeah. by Shima to do this? Because I saw other yeah. parkour people do this as well after. I think it was after uh, you did it too. Absolutely. So new, new men. Yeah. Tried wow. It yeah. <laughs> I, did, I did that three times. Damn. <laughs> because back in the day when I trained with the Yamakasi guy, who the guy who founded parkour, it's like if you don't do it three times, it doesn't count. You have ah. to do it three times. One for yourself, one for your family and friends, and one for those who are not here that would like to do it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I always say to do tricks three times too, but not for those reasons. I like those reasons a lot yeah. better. Yeah, the wall was super slippery and I had a period a period in my life. Which, which is that coming from? I was all about warriorship, you know. <laughs> and I, I was reading uh, Peaceful Warrior, the, the, the book by Dan Millman. Very good book, actually, The Peaceful Warrior. And uh, yeah, it was all about warriorship, like conquering my demons and conquering my fears. And <laughs> it was a nice period in my life, actually. That, I like that. I'm, I'm going to check out this book now, The Peaceful Warrior. Yeah. I like the name. I like the name. Yeah, it's so good. It's very good. Yeah. 
and that, that makes sense. Like, I, I feel like uh, that's how I kind of viewed you too. Like, this guy's always on some warrior type stuff, man. Like, whether it be like training regimens or workouts or just like the way you skated, but um, that that's that's very cool. And to those who don't know, you dropped new men, new men. Wow, that guy. I remember. I didn't know he got into free running or parkour, but I remember him as a rollerblader in Last Call, and he was always like the most. I think he was French, right? But he was like the most stylish guy ever. I mean, I mean, he tried on skate first before Shimo, right? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't met. He didn't parkour on skate. Oh, he, he tried it on skates first. Yeah, that was in uh, the first Kaiser video, and he slept. He didn't oh. land it. How do you not? Uh, he, what do you mean he, he made it he, across? Oh, but he just slid on his ass, kind of didn't like. Yeah. Oh, I was say, how do you make that and not like <laughs> just fall in the middle? <laughs> so Shima was the first one to do it then. To land, to land it, to land it, yes. to land it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, that's crazy. And I, I didn't know if you were like a big name in like the parkour world because when I tried to look up that clip to to get it to show on the show, there was other like a whole. There's a video of people trying to do that or doing that gap. I didn't know if you were like they're like oh we saw. Matthew Ledoux do that. This guy is like, oh, he did this crazy gap. We got to try it now type of thing. Yeah. We Matthew Ledoux do that. <laughs> <laughs> Just do it. Um, yeah. Cool. Like we made a video with Stefan, my friend, Steph and I, uh, at the stadium. It was like three hours for a three-minute edit for three hours session or whatever. And it kind of got viral in the parkour community. Uh, it was really well received. Um so my name was kind of known in way, way back, not not today, but my name was kind of going around in the parkour world uh, back then. Mm-hmm. Cool. Very cool. Like, I, I mean, it, it makes sense. Like some of the stuff I was seeing, yeah, those were like the early days, like right when parkour became like well-known. Yeah. You, you were engaging in it. Like as, as, as far as I can remember learning about parkour, then there was you doing it. So. Yeah, Makes sense. and we knew we knew how to film, and we could film with follow ups on skates, and so we had a, mm. a, a ah, different ways to bring it and bring some style to it and music. So everything together was like, whoa! For the parkour community who hadn't had much of that at first, was like, whoa! Wow, this is a really good video, you know? Yeah, I didn't think about yeah. it that way. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's, a, it's it's cool to think about that too. Like, um, it's. It's like filming on blades is such a, a, an amazing way to film. Like, you know what I mean? That just seems so obvious, but like you can't get it done in, in the same way. Otherwise, it's like just ask the X Games. The best way. <laughs> exactly. It's very dynamic. <laughs> but um, if you don't mind, it would be cool if we could jump into some of these questions. I know we have some super chats for people who are watching live. We split our super chats, uh, 50% of our super chats with our guest. We have some people. I, I'm not sure. Do we have any Patreon questions, Austin? We got some good Patreon some, questions here. Okay, we have some good Patreon questions. We have some questions in the chat. We're gonna try to get as, to as many as we can, um, and we prioritize the super chats, like I said, which we split with our guest. So, Austin, if you would mind, if you don't mind kicking us off with some of those Patreon questions. Yes, of course. We have um, first one. We kind of touched on this, but let's see if you have anything else to say on this from Tone Doe. Who says respect? Can you talk about the experience of filming desert? What was going on? Where were you? Wait, where you were at? Okay, I'm reading this wrong. What was going on? Where were you at with your skating, Rob G, etc.? My guys, please do a Patreon section commentary on this piece. 
well, we will do a section commentary after this, but yeah, what do you have to say about uh, filming for Desert with Rob G? Okay, so my computer, my internet, <clears throat> my internet cable or connection was pretty bad there. Did you not so hear the me? Question, yeah, so Tom, thank you for your question. Uh, what I got from the question is, uh, how was my experience filming for Desert? Yeah, where, where were we... Uh, what was going on? Where were you at with your skating and with Rob G? Okay, nice. All right. Thank you, Tom. Um, well, like I said, I touched a bit on that. First, I was kind of scared and, and nervous. I didn't know if I could pull that, up, pull that out because, you know, going into a trip to Arizona, uh, flying over there, Jonas from Europe, flying, renting a house, renting a car. So there's a lot of going into it. Um, financially wise <clears throat> so I was a bit nervous like can I do this like still in my anyway it was an amazing journey and Rob and my good friend Pat from here to t from next to my house almost came with me so that was amazing and having Rob there and Pat cheering me on the whole trip and just being there for me like uh, with the room and sometimes it would take a long time to get a shot and Rob's like, yeah, Matt, you got this. And um, so it was a very family vibe. And in the house at night, we would watch a movie and just move around and have good conversations. And um, and then James Johnson from Revolution Skate Shop was kind enough to give me all his spots, which helped a lot because we had only 12 days to shoot the whole thing. Um, and then obviously Jonas did an amazing job, like, few of my tricks are pretty few of my tricks are you know they're what it is but his filming and his editing brought so much to the video and the vibe he brought to it with at the end like we mentioned that with rob and i and our connection and just being back together it sounds like a loving relationship but you know the being back skating together and experiencing like yeah, it was it was an amazing trip and we went to sedona uh, just have a day off and to watch the the sunrise and the sunset and yeah it was a good trip man. and I'm so I'm so happy how it came out. Sedona is a really beautiful place and I can see, especially being someone who's into like you know breathing and meditation and you know mm -hmm. I feel like that's like a mecca uh, for for in the states at least stateside for for an experience like that so mm -hmm. it's really yeah. cool. I was bugging James every trip I would go. I was bugging James, okay, let's go to Sedona. And that was the thing, him and I, every time we have to go to the Sedona together. Yeah, every time I go to Phoenix also, I have to go to Sedona. I love just like a day trip. It's like my favorite, one of my favorite cities in the country. I just love going there, if you want to call it a city. But yeah, definitely super scenic. One of the nicest places I've ever been to. Yeah. That's where Austin did that big soul grind <sighs> in, in, in his latest part. Yeah. In, in Sedona, the curving kink rail. Yeah. It's uh, ah. kink rail in Sedona, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we have this. I love this question on our Patreon from Same Boat, who says, "My question is: As a kid, what was your favorite part of the playground, and do you have any self-defining memories, stylistically or movement-wise, from that time?" Yeah, oh, that's a good, that's a good question. question. That's yeah, a really good one. Had, actually, we had a very good playground when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> All made of wood, like those big six by six, right? Mm -hmm. and super high structures with like ladders and stuff and and there was an older guy there who would do we would play tag but he would 
do like some precision leaps and leaps all the way down to there was beautiful sand at the bottom so it would you could roll into the sand and uh, i have specific memories of doing high jumps and precision stuff there and when i was younger i was all about uh well i had that warrior type of energy still but like conquering my fears and training my body even at a younger younger age like 10 and 8 years old that's a good memory thank yeah. you for bringing that up <laughs> that's I funny that. yeah like a playground meant for you and for like stunt guys i guess future stuntmen i guess you know that's cool um i love that question oh, we have one more from patreon uh javier ibanez who says hey matthew first time i saw your skating was around 2010 when i watched your task tv test tv south park section on youtube man that clip changed the way i viewed rollerblading for good it was sick thanks for all your contributions to our culture my question i want to listen to your take on how music can influence and inspire your skating sessions i believe in every clip of yours that i've seen you always have earbuds in and locked in i personally listen to music at all my session sessions i even search my playlist for a specific song before a trick or play one on repeat during a whole session so he's asking how music influences you while you're skating. Uh, hi, Javier. Thank you for your question. And I'm glad that some of my skating inspired your journey. Uh, music, yeah, music is a big part of it, especially nowadays with Wizard somehow. And I think Leon touched on that with the slow-mo guy. You yeah. know slow-mo and his music? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> uh, yeah, music, of course. Music brings a vibe. It brings a, a feeling, too. Um, so it depends. Sometimes when I'm filming for a specific trick and I need to get juiced or I need to be in a specific mood, I'll listen to some music. And sometimes I just like to be in the moment without music and whatever sounds is around me or friends or whatnot, I won't listen to any music. Um, so yeah, it depends on in the moment. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. You're, you're one of the earbud guys usually. I've noticed that too. The guys who skates with the earbuds in, I can't, I can't, I don't understand you people who <laughs> do that. I don't understand that, but um, to each their own, you know, whatever inspires you. I, I realized for me, for me with skating, it's like, um, like I was, I was like, like skating, listening to music is like the same when I'm like riding, like I, I used to ride a motorcycle when I was riding my motorcycle, listening to music. I realized like I'm just way more intense if I'm listening to the music, like yeah. I'm going faster on my motorcycle. I'm skating like way harder. Like, do you know what I mean? It, it just gets me amped up. So uh, yeah, that could be a good thing or a bad thing, but it's, 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 it's cool. Yeah. Um, All right. So we get I, into the, we have super some chats. super chats if we can get into those. And then I have some questions lined up. So if you want to touch on the super chats, Austin. Yeah, definitely. This one, we usually read the super chat questions. Um, this one isn't a question, but I feel like I should mention this anyway because this is great. Also, I don't know if you noticed, Billy, by the way, you have the little super chats that pop up now on the corner. Got a little widget going. So when you do super chat us live, it shows up here as well as your message because we only get to the super chat questions themselves. But even though this isn't a question, I just wanted to touch on this also because it's a nice, nice message from, I don't know how you say this, Bread TM. Um, huge thank you to Matt for being one of the best presents I've ever received. My girlfriend contacted him in February about Valentine's gift and you sent a handwritten note and some orange wheels. So amazing. I feel like I had to mention that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was so nice, actually. Um, orange is coming out with uh, Matt Ledoux wheel. There we and, go. Uh, and, and we uh, didn't talk about orange at all. 
I wore an orange sweatshirt because of because of this episode. Even though it's not an orange wheel one, it's a, a Blade Army one by our buddy Joey in Hawaii. I feel like I had to wear like an orange shirt for this episode because of orange wheels. But sorry to interrupt. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, yeah, there's so many things we haven't touched on. Even like you know them skates and 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 mesmer and what's happening in in the community and in the blading you know world that I'm so grateful for. Uh, we could touch on it. Yeah, yeah. But you know, this is oh, I was at the end. I think I can do some shout outs at the end, right? Okay, of we'll course, talk about yeah, it later. Yeah. We'll talk about okay, it after the questions. Let's keep it for the end. <laughs> okay, cool. okay, we'll do that. We'll do that. Um, next super chat. Um, my bad, I didn't have any other ones lined up after that one. Uh, okay, here we go. Well, I, 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 I see some of these super chats. Yeah, um, pull them up I, real quick. I, norm, normally, we don't say the messages, uh, but I, I think it's okay to say some of these messages. Uh, Je fais mon job à plein temps. Is uh, what one of the homies says in French, which means I something my job, right? I don't know. Can you translate? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do my job full time. So <laughs> this is from a song, a French hip hop song that plays in my first ever section coming out. It was a half section with uh, Stefan, the guy I was telling you about, Stefan Julian. Je fais mon job à plein temps. And then, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, that's inside thing. That's nice. To Damn, French is that. such a hard language. I took it for seven years and I still don't understand anything that's happening. But, <laughs> seven um, years, damn. Yeah, I took it for a long time. Um, so Bed Bed Red B Red TM says huge thank you to Matt for one of the best I presents ever received. Okay, sorry. But um, okay, so I want to go to this one. A bedroom is me, by the way. Taylor Redfield <laughs> says, "Just my handle wasn't my name." Haha. <laughs> Question for Matt too. Any skating events? slash comps you're visiting next year mm. people want to see you skate um, in the flesh <laughs> maybe i think bitter cold is coming back right yeah yeah that's close to you yeah maybe bitter maybe bitter cold it's pretty not too far from my house yeah very cool I are you gonna, are you gonna compete no way <laughs> <laughs> but would you skate at least yeah yeah i think so yeah, yeah. all right there we go um, Michael Martino says, just sending some love. It's been a while since I jumped on a jump street and loving this episode. Big hugs, Matt. Thanks for sharing everything. Shout out to Billy and Austin for keeping this amazing thing going. Shout out, Mike. Oh, Martino. Yeah, thank you, Mike. Hey, Mike. Yeah. Uh, and, and another French guy says, a Canadian guy. I, I, I put it, I put him in the category. I said he was French. Uh, he's Canadian. <laughs> I don't know if he speaks French or not, but he says inspiration slash influence you take from Phil. Casabon. <clears throat> oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, those who knows knows. Like some of my skating is very influenced by, not very, is influenced by Phil Casabon, which is a skier up from Valley back up here. Amazing skier and his style and his approach uh, is very appealing to me and resonate with me a lot. Um, yeah, so absolutely. I'm gonna I'm gonna get the Nordic. Uh, hockey shirt eventually. <laughs> those and those will know what I mean. <laughs> Very yeah. cool. Um, last super chat is from Brooklyn Podcasting Studio. Not a question. He just says, "What up, guys? Just someone sh showing some love. Glad I could catch the tail end of this in between sessions. Shout out Brooklyn Podcasting Studio. We had a podcast there. They hosted us when we had our podcast with uh, Levy Van Ryan. Yeah. So yeah. it was uh, cool to see him come in. We have some questions in the chat. Um, I'm going to jump into some of these. Dope Tag says, my question, Matthew, 
What does sponsorship mean to you nowadays? How do you see it in the future for yourself and generally? Good question. Mm. Thank you, Dope Tag, which I think probably not his real name, but uh, well, um, that's a good question actually because I, I let's start with Orange is my only I would say official skate sponsorship at the moment, which I didn't want to have any sponsor actually, uh, but the Orange guys are my friend and. When I tried to wheel, I was like blown away. Like, wow, these actually wheels are very good, and I actually would like to skate them. So that's how I got with Orange. Um, and at my age, and you know, doing what I do, I don't need. I don't. I, I like to be free. I don't have to have any obligation towards skating. And that was like that even back in the day. I remember when USD approached me. Um, that's in a whole all other other story but they asked me if i want to have a like a paycheck like a monthly pay check and i said actually no i don't i rather just do content and if you know have an exchange when i do content because i didn't want to have any obligations towards skating and today is the same uh, i really enjoy like uh with them skate uh, John sent me a few pair, you know, I think three pairs of skates, which, and I bought a bunch of them skates because I really love them. And just, you know, just to receive skates from John was, it felt very good. I felt like a kid having some <laughs> skates and like, wow, man, this is awesome, you know, and feeling appreciated. And so thank you, John, for that. Um, also, Create Original has been sending some frames my way, and I love those, those frames. Uh, and I'm very grateful for that. But they're, they're not official sponsorship, and I like it this way, you know. Uh, and I think in general, like I would, like at Mesmer or John Bellino or people that are really doing doing this, I don't consider myself someone who is actually really into it. I can, in the same way as you, Billy, or Austin, or some of the pros out there right now, which their life is still very dedicated to skating, most of their life, of course. Um, so for me, I just like to be free and skate wherever I feel like skating and trying different things if I feel like it and having no responsibilities towards it. I like hearing people's perspectives on sponsorships now that aren't like a younger kid trying to like be pro and stuff because you do have a different outlook on it. At least I do now than I did when I was younger. But to hear that you turned on a paycheck from USD back in the day is kind of crazy because i feel like anybody who's just gonna give you money for whatever like oh yeah sure whatever but they give you a pro skate did they pay you for that at least when you had your pro usd yeah they did okay they actually they actually uh proposed two other pro skate right after that i think i'm cutting a black one and a white one which really looked really dope and nice but i didn't feel authentic going through that uh, so I kind of just said no. I said, no, I'll give it to someone that really wants it and it would be very stoked. And my life was moving in different ways. So I refused to pro skate from USD. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. Damn. That's, that's noble. That's how, really noble. How did USD come at you getting a, a pro skate too? Because I feel like that happened like really quickly. And then they offered you three pro skates, you know, total. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, well, they first asked me if I want to be M on the team. And that was when I was up with SSM. And I don't have much regret in my life. And one of them is not actually, is not called, is that the fact that I didn't call Brian Shima to talk to him first. 
that's one of my little regrets in life, which I've forgiven myself for, but uh, because I really respected Brian and what he was doing and what he was about. Um, anyway, long story short, USG approached me and the skate felt very good for my skating and there was a power bleeding thing coming out and hmm. and I said, uh, I don't want to be amateur. I don't care enough. If you want me to skate USD, I want to be pro. And I was so detached <laughs> from any, I was so detached from it. I didn't expect to become pro like super quick, you know? And, and also, I also mentioned I want to pro skate if I want to go and skate for USD. So they asked the team at that time, which I think Billy, you were still on or something. Uh, anyway, I got a pro skate and I was kind of blown away. Sorry, you want to say something, Billy? No, no, no. I, 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 no. I'm, I was I was thinking if if it, if it was SSM, then maybe we were, we were both on SSM at the same time, so maybe different time. But I I don't want to dig through timestamps; it's tough to do. Okay. So go ahead. You're right. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> yeah. So basically, basically, I just said if I'm going to skate USD, I would like to have a pro skate. Otherwise, I'm just going to skate whatever I want to skate, and uh, or keep skating for SSM. And they said yeah, which I was surprised at first. And then they asked me what kind of deal that I wanted, and I didn't want any paycheck because I didn't want to have, you know, any locked-in responsibilities, you know, towards skating. And obviously, from my career, I would do in one day what most pro skate skaters would do in a month or so. Not, not because I'm better or anything. It's just a fact that at that time. And I love my career, so so that was not a big mm, brainer for me. You know? mm -hmm. yeah. Then you can't have the gate swinging with that one. Like, nope, only if I get a pro skate. Because <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I didn't. Yeah, I was completely whatever. Like, you know. Yeah, they, that's cool. Um, okay, so I, I think we'll just take. Uh, we have another super chat. We'll take this and and one more question before I get to that. Uh, Zeke Kabinsky says the true spin backslide Matthew did in his Revolution 92nd edit is probably the best one ever done. Please let him know. He wanted me to let you know, so I had to let him <laughs> let you know before I moved on to this next question. Um, Sean Michelson says, "I loved your blading and refreshing perspective that you brought to the sport for years now. Also, appreciate your honesty and vulnerability in this interview. Me too." Have you ever thought about trying Ninja Warrior? Cheers. Seriously, have you? Come on. This seems like a no-brainer. Uh, at the gym that I train at, the parkour gym, there's a Ninja Warrior section. <clears throat> um, I suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Well, I just don't enjoy it. That's why. Oh, I'm surprised that yeah. like every like little kid, I feel like not even little kid, like adults like us, I consider us little kids still. We have that little kid mindset, but like want to just go to a Ninja Warrior um, course and like jump all over the place and try to figure it out. It's hard. Yeah, um, I bet. That's why the climbers are doing so good. They're so light and their their grip is so good. Um, I got too much bottom heavy from my skating and other things. <laughs> my, my butt is too, is too heavy. <laughs> um, I just cool. remember that you told me how to backflip too at a, a trampoline park. I don't know. When they talk about parkour gym, I thought about trampoline park. You told me how to backflip at a trampoline park back in the day. Do you remember that? Nice. I know, but that's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember it. That's what counts. <laughs> I remember meeting you for the first time and you had your... Uh, you were eating uh, sunflower seeds. seeds. 
Yes. <laughs> That's what everybody remembers me as. Now I'm the pizza guy, but I used to be the sunflower seed guy back in no, the day. No, I remember you for more than that. You yeah. Were also, <laughs> uh, sorry, I get. I remember you for more than that. You were also super kind and super open, and you made me feel very comfortable. Oh. That I remember clearly. Thank you. No one's ever told me that before. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, well. I think we have a lot of stuff we've gone through. There's a lot more stuff we can go through. It'd be cool to maybe have you come on in the future if we yeah, can definitely. do this again, hopefully live, because it seems like we have a lot more we can talk through. Um, we're going to, in a bit, go to watch Desert uh, for our patrons. If our patrons want to come check us out, like I said, you could be a patron for as little as $3 a month, and you get access to exclusive content with our guests and other things that we are continuing to do. I'm going to put out an inside out this week, and a three-piece, just saying. So um, we're going to catch just up. <laughs> Hashtag just saying. We out here. Um, <laughs> but before I let you go, Matthew, uh, is, is there anything that you wanted to say? Shout-outs, last words, thank yous, anything that we forgot before we let you go? Yeah, I want to give shout-out to my wife first. <laughs> um, my friends, they know who they are. Um, them skates. Julio, man, so inspiring. Um, Creator Regionals for setting me some frames and made me feel like I'm an important person somehow. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole community, I've been receiving so many props and so many messages, and I read them all. Uh, and I really appreciate the time people take to do that. Basement, uh, Kelso's, man, so good to watch and so inspiring. You guys, uh, Jump Street, uh, I love watching, and when I drive, I usually put put him put him on Spotify. So uh, it's been very nice. Thank you guys for having me here today. Um, uh, there's so many things, so many people I would like to give shout out. But basically, everyone who's watching this and take the time to come on live today or watching on YouTube, thank you for watching. And one more, which one? Martino and what they've been guys doing with Sagona, very inspiring too. Um, for me at least and yeah i think that's it yeah skate have fun love your neighbors forgive easily keep your heart pure and enjoy life oh that was a good way to end it matt you're the man thank you so much i'm so happy love we that. finally after like a year or probably more than that have got to make this work and finally get you on the show we will get you on again in the future someday too we hope you all enjoyed it we're gonna do a patreon video after this so our patreon supporters can enjoy that as well but everyone else we'll see you on the next episode peace